a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. When gas prices first started going up, the Biden administration vowed to do everything in their power to bring them down. Months later, energy costs are at record highs. Has the president given up on that? Or is this another case in point where the president may not have as much power over the economy as presidents of both political parties often like to think? Helping us break all of that down, uh, great to have back on the show. Matt Whitinger is a senior fellow and Rose Scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, had a great piece in the Washington Examiner uh, asking that very question, is President Biden giving up on the promise of lowering gas prices? Matt, welcome to the program. Glad to be with you. Uh, so uh, walk us through this a little bit in terms of where we've been, in terms of what the president has been saying, uh, where we are, and then really what are the levers, what are the things that can be done moving forward? Sure. Well, so I, I went back and actually looked at what the White House has been saying about uh, gas prices. And really starting about six months ago, they made a bunch of very clear declarative statements that their policies were going to lower gas prices. It wasn't we're going to keep the rate of increase from going down. It was straight up, we're going to lower gas prices. So uh, November 23rd, they said uh, when the price was 349 a gallon, which was about a buck more than when the president was inaugurated in January 2021, that um, they were going to lower prices for Americans by addressing differences uh, involving supply and demand. Didn't work. Um, the, uh, in you know, prices went up. Uh, they went up, especially after the Russian invasion. Um, but, you know, they in March also said they were going to take further actions to lower gas prices at the pump, basically redoing what they did in November by doing a large release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Also didn't didn't work. Uh, they subsequently announced policies like allowing higher um, levels of ethanol in gases in gas and said that that was too going to lower prices also didn't work. So basically we find ourselves now six months after the administration promised that their policies were going to lower gas prices with a double per gallon price uh, compared to what we had when the president was inaugurated in January uh, 2021. So where does the uh, let's start first with the messaging component to all of this. That's always a, a big part of what happens from the White House and uh, have they have they just given up on that? I know there was a, there was kind of the uh, Putin price hike was uh, was in vogue for a couple of weeks there at the White House. Uh, what what is the the White House going to do in terms of the messaging? Are they just going to give up and kind of fly under the radar and focus on other things? What's the messaging component? That's the really weird part about this. So for, after six months 
of claiming the administration had policies that would lower gas prices. Come June 1st, the president comes out and says, well, actually, I can't click a switch and lower gas prices. So it's really a, a bizarre shift from an administration that claimed that it had answers to these problems. And this is all you know, before the Russian invasion. So three months before Russia, the White House was out there saying they had policies that would lower gas prices. Didn't work. And so six months later, they say, well, actually, it turns out we can't really lower gas prices after all. Wow. And so is, is this a case where they, they missed the window of opportunity, missed the opportunity to, uh, to change the game? Or, or is this just that the that presidents uh, just don't have as much control as they think they do? You know, I, I think it's it, some of it is unique to President Biden and his administration. If you've watched President Biden for a long time, he, um, you know, he's a senator. Senators um, uh, suffer from uh, uh, not being shy about talking. And President Biden has talked a good game about a lot of policies through his career. Um, but really, as a senator, you never really held responsible for that. I think some of that permeates how his administration operates, where they issue statements that really are hard to back up with, you know, objective facts. So, like, these repeated statements that they are going to lower gas prices – you could see the war in Ukraine coming. You could see the supply and demand pressure, the, you know, the emergence from the pandemic. All those things were coming. And our arguments why presidents really, you know, it's difficult to lower gas prices, especially if you're an administration like the Biden administration that's anti-supply, all those other things. But nonetheless, they felt like to make these statements saying that they would be able to do these things. It, will, it was really going to be difficult for them to do. And that's what really struck me as, as really bizarre, that for six months, the administration insisted on this position, that they had the answer to lowering gas prices. And then about two weeks ago, they basically abruptly said, well, actually, it turns out we really couldn't do that after all. Yeah, so that uh, that makes such an interesting thing, because I think that's where the big disconnect is between the president and the American people, is that uh, he did say, we, we have the answers, we have the plan, we're going to execute this, we're doing this for you. Uh, and the American people have continued to see those prices go up and to feel that pain as they're as they're gassing up. Uh, and so there there is that clear disconnect. Is there anything the president can do at this point in the program uh, that can be sort of a, a magic reset? Or is there anything he can do to start uh, rebuilding that trust uh, that he does have a strategy as it relates uh, to inflation and particularly to uh, to gas prices? Well, I think it's some of it difficult for this particular president to do. Because you remember during the campaign, the president made statements about getting rid of fossil fuels and, you know, things that are highly antagonistic to uh, the people who are drilling and supplying oil uh, in this country and around the world. So now his administration seems like they're trying to jawbone or force uh, refiners to refine more, drillers to drill more, you know, producers to produce more. Um, and that may be a tough sell with them. But to me, that seems like the very first place to go. Um, which is increase supply, do things that affect basically the basic laws of supply and demand. You know, when you have increased demand uh, and the uh, Energy Information Administration said that we're looking at um, significantly increased demand for uh, petroleum products ne next year, you got to increase supply. So somehow those two things have to move uh, in concert. And that starts with not being antagonistic to the people who are trying to or, you know, who have the ability to increase the supply of uh, products at the pump for American consumers. Yeah, I think that's uh, I've been kind of scratching my head on all of that uh, as it's so hard when they've 
uh, forced a lot of these energy sub- producers to, to shut down because of, you know, the dirty, awful industry. And we want to shut down refineries and uh, and all of these things. And so they a lot of them have been powered down. Uh, and now they're saying, well, no, you greedy, awful, horrible people. We, we need you to crank those awful, horrible, <laughs> dirty things back up. Uh, that becomes a, a real tough leadership issue, I think, for the administration, uh, because the messages are just so contradictory. It does. And, you know, some part of it, it, too, is sort of the administration, I think, engages in a certain amount of wishful thinking for what they would like the future of energy to look like and how quickly you can get to that future of energy. Right. So, you know, a couple months ago, there, the president, Secretary Buttigieg and others were making statements like, well, we could really solve some of these higher gas price at the pump problems if people would just simply go out and buy electric vehicles. And by the way, the administration has subsidies for purchasing of electric vehicles which is all well and good, but good luck finding an electric vehicle. And if you do, the average price is like $60,000. So, you know, that's not much of an immediate response for most Americans who just simply want to have affordable gas for the vehicles they already own, not to be sort of, you know, jawboned into buying a vehicle that they can't afford and may not even be on the lot if they could afford it right now. So, you know, again, the the administration has these pie-in-the-sky statements and aspirations that are really not the day-to-day experience of most Americans, what most Americans really want. Yeah, I think it comes back to some of that magic thinking of uh, if we keep doing the same thing we've been doing and suddenly we get different results, I think we've got to be real careful of the the unicorns are not coming uh, anytime soon. Matt Whitinger, Senior Fellow and Rose Scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, great piece in the Washington Examiner today. Matt, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, again, the the magic thinking just uh, it sounds good. It sounds great. We always talk about the unicorns swooping in and saving the day, uh, but I just don't think they're coming uh, when it relates to the price of gas right now. It's going to be a, a long slog. Uh, and as Matt pointed out, uh, I think it's all well and good uh, that we move towards electric vehicles. Yes, 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 yes. And they're beyond the reach of most Americans today. Uh, and there's a lot that has to be changed in order to make that a real game changer when it comes to the environment. All right, stick with us. We'll be right back on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.